Just $99.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, welcome back. We're 16 away from nine. Ian Smith coming up, but right now it's now time to talk some NBA with Seb Partno, director of North American Sports at Statsbomb and a writer for The Athletic. Seth, good morning to you. Uh, good afternoon, uh, where I am. Yeah. Uh, how are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> we are good, mate. We appreciate your time this morning. NBA, plenty happening in free agency. First question, James Harden waived his uh, $33 million contract with the 76ers. Does anyone want him? We'll see. Um, he certainly wants to be elsewhere. Uh, I, um, there's been a lot of speculation about him possibly ending up with the, with the Clippers, uh, possibly ending up in Portland as part of a Dame Lillard trade. I don't have a great sense of, of what's going on there, uh, in part because I don't think the 76ers front office really leaks that much so uh mm. when something happens it it with the first we hear about it might be uh a Woja shams uh tweet announcing it hey seth what about uh there's a lot of chatter around damian lillard like where does he end up does he end up at miami um it certainly seems like that's most likely the latest chatter and just looking at what miami has to offer it's actually not that much uh, so uh, Portland's front office is messaging, if not actually going to stick to uh, the script, that they are not really going to take into account where he wants to get traded. Uh, they're going to just go for the best return. Um, who else that might be remains a little unsure. Uh, the Knicks have been a team that's been sort of mentioned there, as have the Clippers again. Um, so we'll see. But if I had to pick one, like if I had to choose the most likely place he is next year, it's probably Miami. Miami seems like a, a fitting place. Obviously, free agency has been a winner for a lot of their players. Gabe Vincent going to the Lakers, on a deal there. Max Struess getting paid. Plenty of them. So the spa- is the cap space there? Are you saying that they haven't got enough room, potentially money-wise? Oh, it's not, the, it's not so much the money. It's the they can't really offer as much in the way of players and picks and still have a championship-level ah. team. Um, essentially, for... If, if I'm putting myself in Portland shoes, I'm, I'm probably not really very enthused about doing it unless I get Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo back. But if I'm Miami, kind of what's the point of trading <laughs> trading in one of those guys if I'm trying to get back to the championship? So that's a little yeah, bit where Adam, the impasse is. I don't think Tyler Hero Adam, is seen as uh, that level of player. Yeah, Adebayo, so influential in the final series. All right, let's talk about Golden State because Draymond Green has just re-signed for $100 million over four years. Is that the right move from the Warriors? I think so. Um, you basically are riding with what you got until Steph Curry isn't uh, an MVP-level player anymore. And uh, the last year or two of that contract for, for Draymond might be a little a little ugly, but it's... it's uh, where you're really about maximizing the next two years and getting him back in the fold, maybe paying him a little much on the on the back end of it to make sure you have the core of your team together on the front end. Uh, I think that's a sensible move. Hey, Seth, we've just seen the draft play out and Victor Wembanyama has been the talk through that uh, that number one pick. But players outside the lottery you've liked, uh, what should we? Who should we keep an eye on? Oh man! Once you get outside the lottery, it's uh, it it is a little bit uh, wild and woolly out there. I think lower down the lottery, I re- I really quite like uh, Jarris Walker, who Indiana picked. I think Indiana's had a a very good off season so far. 
uh, to begin with. Um, further down, I think uh, the Bucks got Andre Jackson out of uh, UConn in the second round, and uh, he's someone who there's there's pretty significant health concerns, but if he can stay on the court, he has the kind of skill and athleticism uh, to be a, a difference maker in the playoffs. Um, but really, like once you get past about the top three or four guys in this year's draft, it's a it, this was a very flat draft. It was considered by a lot mm. of people in that once you got past, uh, you know, Wembenyama, uh, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, maybe a Men Thompson, uh, it was kind of take your pick. Who do you like? Um, a, another player who who kind of fell precipitously um, for nebulous reasons is uh cam whitmore who ended up in in uh in, a, in houston at the 30th pick and a lot of people were were very high on him whether or not there's there's playing time to be had in houston uh for him to sort of prove himself is, is remains to be seen but that's a player a lot of people are, are are paying attention to as sort of a late pick uh could be sleeper well, speaking of Houston, Houston, do we have a problem? Money moves in Houston. Dylan Brooks joining the Houston Rockets, four years, $80 million. Fred Van Fleet, three years, $130 million. They have spent an astronomical amount of money. The right move for the Rockets? I like the Van Vliet move a lot better than the Brooks move. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but there's been some reporting that the third year of Van Vliet's contract is either only partially guaranteed or at a team option. Um, and it's it's pretty hard to sign a bad contract that only goes two years. Um, uh, Brooks is not my favorite player, and I don't totally understand that move <laughs> from the Rockets' standpoint. And I, I don't know who they were bidding against. I don't know why they had to go four years. I don't know why he's the player they thought they needed. Uh, they, they kind of needed some some shooting and perhaps some some locker room leadership um the memphis grizzlies team that that brooks just left uh was not really noted for either um and i he is a willing but not especially accurate shooter which is uh houston's got plenty of those already so i don't really understand where he fits in with a team that's trying to grow well, can you give us some understanding of what's going on with Zion Williamson? Obviously, plenty been going off the court for the big man. Is he going to be the same man after what's unfolding? It's you know, it, it's it's one of the great what ifs. You know, every I don't know every ten years or so, we get a player that is just you know physically breaks every mold, and their body can't hang up, uh, hold up to the uh, to the NBA life. Um, you know, it was, it was Zion now who's been a every bit an all NBA level performer when he's been able to be on the court. Uh, you know, a decade ago is Yao Ming. Um, you know, before that in the eighties, it was it was perhaps Ralph Sampson, and it's 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 sad, but uh, you know, just the, the the human body was not uh, maybe not designed to uh, withstand the forces that uh, that a player of Zion's size and speed can exert on it. Um, so you know you're always hopeful he can get back on the court because he's he's thrilling to watch but i think there's going to be a lot of can he or can't he for at least the next couple of years of his career seth um during this sort of period the off season in the nba and so many teams are trying to work out who they want to bring in who they want to trade 
How much room is there for sentiment um, in the NBA? And I talk, and it might be a terrible example, but let's use Steph Curry as an example at the Golden State Warriors. The face of the organisation has been for many, many years. But is there a point where a, a franchise has to be aware of, of offloading someone when they're at their peak versus you know, keeping them on because they're loyal and, and having them not be worth as much further down the line? Is there room for sentiment in the NBA, do you think? Oh, I think there's room for it. I think I think as a whole, teams probably go too far in that direction. Um, the fact that everyone is so surprised that that Toronto kind of let Fred Van Vliet uh, walk away for for nothing is it, it just suggests how how deeply held that is. That uh, the, you know this guy has been with us. He's he's been part of our success. We have to take care of him. Where that that maybe goes past beyond the the point of a player being a an impactful player anymore. And I'm not saying that, that Van Vliet is that, but he is, you know, he's, he's a small guard who's getting older and I can certainly see why Toronto would not be, uh, especially eager at signing him up for, for, you know, $40 million a season for the next three or four years. But for the most part, I mean, I think, uh, the best example of it, you might've seen this off season is, uh, Sacramento had a, had their best season in two decades and they went out of their way to, uh, re-sign Demonis Sabonis to a, just a massive extension uh, a year before they would have had to. And in a situation where a year from now, it doesn't really seem like there would be anyone bidding against him for uh, bidding against them for his services. So uh, in some ways you just like reward people for a good season. We have good vibes right now. Let's keep it going. You can understand that rationale. I think it gets taken uh, generally speaking, gets taken a little too far across the league. Seth, mate, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really do appreciate you coming on and giving us all your analysis. Uh, Seth, our partner there from uh, The Athletic uh, as well. We will take a short break. Come back with Smithy after this.